fairy tales, children's stories about magical and imaginary beings and lands, often the first lens we give young minds to view the world they live in. Many assume these are fictional stories to be taken lightly, but what if there is more to them? This is a podcast where we'll tell you some myths and tales that you thought you knew, and we'll show you how they are connected to real-life crimes today. This is Scary Tales, where the stories of your childhood meet real-life horror. We'll discuss how the light and happy tales of youth actually have a darker history to them. We'll also discuss true crime today and some of the eerie connections they have to the myths and legends of yesterday. Tune in for a new tale every other Tuesday. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, and anywhere you stream your podcast. Do you know all the words? No, that is called uh, Susian Latin. Uh, there you go. Mm-hmm. You heard it here first. Uh, I was reading where he said, Dr. Seuss himself said it was really hard to come up with words that didn't exist. I could see that. Mm-hmm. Come up with one right now on the spot. I, probably, I don't think I can. You know what? It just popped into my head. What? Strudel. That's a word. Yep. Um, hey, and that's why we're not as famous as Dr. Seuss. Kaflogin. Uh, that sounds like something mm-hmm. that he would that he would come up yep. with. Sounds so, like uh, something you'd wear on your head, like a toboggan. But it's got like ears and mm-hmm. something. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll, we'll channel Get our inner doctor. Get you a toboggan for Christmas. That's it's a good stocking you. stuffer. Yeah, it's a good old stocking stuffer. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, Merry Christmas, by the way. Merry Christmas. Ooh. I know everybody was wondering what we do this holiday season. And we are talking about how the Grinch stole Christmas, mm-hmm. which is already a little spooky in and of itself. Yeah. You know? Yeah. My, I'm distracted because my lips are really dry right now, and they keep sticking to the fuzzy part of this. Ew. And, like, my little lip particles are getting stuck on the microphone cover. I'm glad, I'm glad we're not sharing a microphone no. then. Um, what are your thoughts on the Grinch? I love Tell it. Tell us about it. Okay. I love it. Uh, watched it the other night, the cartoon version. I was about to say, which one? Because... There's the original cartoon. Mm-hmm. There's the Jim Carrey one. Original um, all the way. Original all the way. And then there's the new the new mm-hmm. um, Illumination one. Yep. Is which, that what it's called? Solomon likes that. I think that's the company that did it, Illumination, which it's different if you've seen it. Like, I haven't. It's um, It's got some parts that are different. It's got rap it. music in it. Yeah. Yeah. But even like part of the storyline, they've changed a little bit. So, oh. yeah. No, I like the old, I love like a good old vintage the original Mm -hmm. so that cartoon that animated one was released in 1966 and then jim carrey was in 2000 which is Mm kind of our generation you know when we were young and then the uh, newest one has benedict cumberbatch in it and it's 2018 so like all the kiddos today grow up on that one i heard that that is a vocal warm-up that lady gaga does benedict cumberbatch really yeah goes it gets your tongue in your mouth and it moves the word from the back to the front benedict cumberbatch mm-hmm. well we'll have to we'll have to use that as our yeah. vocal warm-up for yeah. all of our podcasts from here on out um we can we need to do a whole episode on dr seuss aka oh yeah theodore oh. yeah his name's theodore buddy theodore seuss geisel yeah it's his original name uh-huh. um but everybody knows him as dr seuss Mm-hmm. He first wrote this story in um, it was in 1957, published yeah. by Random House in 1957. It's ye old. 
it is ye old. Um, and then only a few years later is when it became a movie. So obviously was very popular very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, did you know there's also a Halloween sequel? I didn't until now. In 1977, and it's called Halloween is Grinch Night. Let me just say, I watched a couple clips. Yeah. It is a very trippy journey. Oh, I imagine. He like he runs, the Grinch has like this wagon, and it's called the paraphernalia wagon, I think, and it's just full okay, it's of a little horror alarming. things. Okay. I think he like sticks people in it. And he also, like, strangles people with his eyebrows. What? Yeah. Okay. Uh, but, fun fact, the, that Halloween is Grinch Night won Dr. Seuss an Emmy. And in his speech, he said, In our studio out in Van Nuys, there are so many great gals and great guys. If I thanked them all, we'd be here until fall, and I don't think that would be very wise. I love it. Yeah. But I also can see why that one was perhaps not as popular with but the audience, with the audience yeah. as with as the Grinch. Yeah. There's like very distinct when you're talking about like popularity of things. I think you've got like the general public. Oh yeah, the movies that versus are like the critic, cri- the critics um, are always. I can't yes. get into. So it. I'm wondering if that was like the critics were like bravo, mm-hmm. and all everybody watching at home was like, what? Yeah. This is horrendous. I'm gonna watch it every Halloween now. I think you should, mm-hmm. and maybe we'll do a whole separate episode on that. Yeah. We also haven't done The Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, could do that. So put that on the list. So you may have had some like positive, cozy, warm memories from How the Grinch Stole Christmas from your childhood, mm-hmm. as many of us do. But not surprising, there's a darker story behind it. That's what we do here. That's what we do. So as depicted in the story, the Who's are known for loving Christmas and like standing hand in hand and singing carols around the tree. Um, it's this loud singing that disturbs the Grinch and makes him come down. But what you may have failed to realize is that the Who's aren't just singing because they're filled with holiday spirit. They are also singing to avoid mass genocide. That took a sharp turn south. From the holidays to mass genocide. Mm -hmm. So the Grinch is not just a standalone story. In case you did not know, it's actually the third part of a trilogy. I did not know that. So the other two books are Horton uh, Horton Hatches an Egg and then Horton Hears a Who. I've heard of Horton Hears a Who. Yes, um, there's the the movie version of that. I don't know if there's the movie of Horton Hatches the Egg. Mm-hmm. But both of these are about an elephant named Horton who is bullied by his so-called quote-unquote friends. And in the first book, they all make fun of Horton for taking care of a little baby bird instead of just abandoning it to die. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the second one, they try to murder an entire series of people, the Who's of Whoville. Murder them. Yep. So in those, he's the like prominent figure, and in the in the third one, it's more of so the Who's. Mm-hmm. So when you first meet the Who's, you learn a few things about them. That the original 1966 Grinch cartoon movie version left out. First thing is that they're microscopic. Yep. Um, the entire species lives on a speck of dust on top of a flower. It's pretty small. Which is pretty small. Which. I think one of the movie versions tried to like pay some like homage to that with the snowflake. Yeah. Like in the very beginning, they like they zoom into a snowflake and mm-hmm. you see this town, and then at the end they zoom back out. So maybe they were trying to like reference similar that. Similar. Snowflake. Yeah. 
maybe. So the other thing is the Who's never made a peep. Instead of singing and playing loud instruments, they're actually known to be quiet people who enjoy bike rides and long walks. Uh, they apparently are so quiet that no one except for Horton even knows that they exist. That's thanks to his big ears. Because mm-hmm. he's an elephant. Because he's an elephant. So that's why he's able to hear a single who cry out for help. And so this isn't, Whoville being quiet isn't just a minor detail. It's kind of the main point of those first couple, or that book, especially Horton Hears a Who. Mm-hmm. Horton's the only one with big enough ears to hear that one person on their tiny planet who's making a noise. So everybody else just thinks that Horton is crazy. Possibly schizophrenic. Possibly schizophrenic. The only uh, the other animals then decide that nothing would be funnier than to throw Whoville off a mountain and then boil it in oil. Bezel nut oil. Bezel nut oil. That's what it's called, the bezel. Yep. Close to a demon name that oh. Chase and David like saying when they're on the podcast. I didn't even realize that mm-hmm. connection, but that makes sense. To save them, Horton tells the Who's that they have to make as much noise as possible. So the Who's begin banging on things and screaming as loud as possible to avoid being boiled alive in that bezel nut oil. Finally, the other animals hear them and they agree to spare their lives. The proposed moral of the story is that, quote, and you probably recognize this, a person is a person no matter how small. Mm-hmm. But there's possibly a deeper lesson here, which is that the destruction of an entire species may be possible just because they don't make enough, quote unquote, noise. Mm -hmm. So when we next see the Who's two years later in How the Grinch Stole Christmas, they're immediately described as incredibly noisy people. So they and they aren't just noisy at Christmas. So it's not like they're just singing carols for a few minutes and then going back to being quiet, because if they did that. The Grinch probably could have just, like, put in his earplugs for a couple of days and then moved on with his life. Yeah, because he's real Grinchy. Right. He and must so, be making a whole lot of noise all the time. All the time. And then maybe just especially, like, a little bit louder at Christmas. Got but, to. But because they're noisy, they, they have to be noisy all the time in order to survive. And every single present that the kids in Whoville get is some type of noisemaker. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is where we get all the like noisy gifts now. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But they call them like in the story. They call them things like who's a what's and yeah, whatever. Um, they've got the tubas that are so massive that it takes six people to play them. They've got those elaborate drums that play an entire kit at once. Um, they even play a version of lacrosse um, that has been modified to involve as much screaming as possible. I would hate all of that. I hate really loud sounds. I mean, this like makes me think when you you see that person that they're at the store and they go like turn on all the toys that make sounds mm-hmm. on that one aisle and that one aisle is just like chaos. There is no room for people who have disorders with like sensory processing in no, Whoville. None. I would be they so moved. overstimulated. They had to move. So that this all means that they're not making this noise to celebrate. They're making the noise because they live basically in this constant terror that at any moment some random person, thing, animal, mm-hmm. who creation, or Sue's creation, might come along and throw them into a vat of oil just for a good laugh. Yep. And when you know that, the story is it's it, a little different. It does. So, um, so the Grinch's plot to rob every who of everything they own, including their noisemakers, could have actually gotten all of them killed himself included. Yeah, because he's part of the whole Whoville. Right, he's part of that that town. Mm-hmm. 
So there are several other theories about why the Grinch is so Grinchy. Um, the Who's seem like generally kind-hearted race of beings, and their loving warmth even caused the Grinch's heart to grow three sizes in the end. Mm -hmm. But a darker theory paints them in a horrifyingly different light, stating that they brutally wiped out every member of the Grinch's race. So it's a f that story flips there. Mm-hmm. He didn't kill all of them. They're not the ones that had the mass genocide. It's the Grinch. Right. And that's why he becomes a villain because he's the only one left, apparently. Yeah. This all goes back to a years-old feud between the Who's and the Grinches. So apparently they've got a backstory. Mm -hmm. So right off the bat, it's clear that the Grinch is different than everybody else, right? Like the Who's look similar to humans, whereas the Grinch is taller and he's green and he's got yellow eyes and he's furry. Um, the original cartoon also refers to him as having the strength of 10 Grinches plus two, um, inferring that there were once others like him. So he wasn't just like one random Grinch. There may have been others. Mm -hmm. And the theory suggests that his race is gone because of because the Who's wiped them out because the Grinches wouldn't follow their religion. That's deep. So, and then and then the the movie versions just like took all religion out of it. They yeah. were like, we're not even gonna. Make any well, even reference the book is not very religious. Right. I think this is just that whoever made up this theory. This backstory theory. Yeah. How the Grinch Stole Christmas firmly establishes that the Who's love Christmas. Like, that's clear. It's mm -hmm. basically what they live for. It's yeah. what they're known for. Mm -hmm. How I live for Halloween. Right. They live for Christmas. Right. If the Grinch's race is anything like he is, then they all hate Christmas. Mm -hmm. Christmas, Christ. It's a re mm -hmm. religious holiday. Mm -hmm. Um, if human history has imparted anything, it's that people have killed in the name of religion. Mm -hmm. As Christmas is a holy day, that's when the Who's supposedly unleashed mass genocide on the Grinches. And now the Grinch isn't angered by Christmas simply because he's a grump. It's because it's like the anniversary of this brutal slaughtering of his kind. I could see that. Yeah. Remember, this is all a theory. Mm -hmm. So when the Grinch gives into the Who's ways, it's not because he's coming around to the idea of like embracing and loving Christmas. It's out of like sheer defeat and self-preservation. Yeah, he does it to survive. Right. He's tried to steal Christmas to honor his fallen family and friends. However, when he fails, he realizes that embracing the Who's and their quote-unquote religion is the only way to survive. Someone really had a lot of free time. On right. Their hands. Right. Which like I I get. I mean I I can see it, but mm -hmm. I'm also like I'm not sure. Old Theodore Seuss Geisel was Geisel mm -hmm. was, was uh, that deep right in a kid's story. Yeah. Um, other theories surrounding the Grinch's heart. Um, that's like a big thing that happens in the end because mm -hmm. the Grinch is said to have a heart that is quote two sizes too small, mm -hmm. which could be very influential on his physicality and mental state. I mean, science lady, when your heart yeah. is too small, there's other problems that come along with that. I'm correct? sure. Yeah. If anything's uh, too small or too big. Right. Johns Hopkins uh, University cardiology professor and Grinch scholar. Just side, just side, side flex. Yeah, side flex. Dr. David Koss told KPBS, quote, you're going to have that small heart beating twice as fast, end quote, um, to pump enough blood around the body, such, as such a physical issue could lead to grumpiness. Yeah, if you're not feeling great, you're going to be grumpy. Right. Your body's working overtime mm -hmm. just, to, just to keep you going. That's why when people are morbidly obese, their heart is not, you know, it's having to strong. pump more to get to all mm -hmm. the extra parts. 
And some would say they're not feeling too great. It makes sense. If you're mm-hmm. not feeling good physically, you're probably not going to feel good like mentally, mentally and emotionally. Right. So there's a little science theory for mm-hmm. you. Oh, I'm so sorry. That was Bruce Webb. Doodle-doo, doodle-doo. That sounded like a who sound, though. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Bruce. Way to go. <laughs> Come on like right in. So back to the Grinch's heart. The Grinch's literal heart, when he lets Christmas into into his metaphorical heart, you know, is said mm-hmm. to grow three sizes. So there's metaphorical letting it in his heart, but they, like, pull the little x-ray machine and it actually grows. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this is unheard of in, in nature. No, it's know, not unheard of. Or No, is it unheard of in nature? Yeah. Sorry. Um, the professor goes on to say, quote, he's really a snake. I mean, not just any snake. He's a python. Okay. So a Burmese python's heart specifically rapidly and significantly grows right after eating. Mine too. Yeah. So Cos points out that he points to two different textual clues that suggest that the Grinch is this kind of snake. Um, the heart grows uh, the heart growth occurs around the time of a large meal of, quote, roast beast. Remember mm-hmm. in the very end? Yeah. That's the meal that he shares with the Who's at the mm-hmm. end. Um, and when he meets Cindy Lou Who. Who could also look yummy to him. Who could also look yummy to him. And he's green. Him. And he's a snaky type guy. And isn't there like a scene in, I can't, now I can't remember which one. Isn't there a scene in he one of those where he slithers around across, when he's getting the presents? Yeah. yeah. He's like stealing them all. It's all coming together. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Mm-hmm. And the saddest theory of all, all right, so we've got that he's, um, you know, his family was all murdered, and Mm -hmm. then we've got that he's a snake. Mm -hmm. Um, Saddest theory of all involves Max the dog. Yep, I hate this. There's always something sad about the dog. So in the Jim Carrey version, the Grinch moves to Mount Crumpet when he's a teenager. Mm -hmm. Um, He goes through kind of that heartbreak and moves up there. Every year, his home gets flooded with rubbish that is left over from the Whoville's Christmas celebrations you know, gifts that people don't want, et cetera. I never understood that. They had that trash chute, Mm -hmm. but the trash chute travels up. We would have to travel uphill to go to Mount Crumpet. And that always confused me. Hey. Yeah. Science. Yeah. Gravity. Mm -hmm. Um, So if the Grinch never visits Whoville until until the day of Christmas, right? All the times before then he didn't visit then. Then where does he get Max the dog? Mm-hmm. So one theory is that Max was another unwanted Christmas gift that got put down the trash chute to Mount Crumpet. Yeah. Which is not not unrealistic. Everybody nope. gets a puppy for, Christmas, for Christmas and then they don't understand the responsibility the and they they're a lot of freaking work. Yep, and then they end up taking them back to the pound. What do you think about that, Theodore? <laughs> he didn't he didn't <laughs> he like was that licking theory. himself and he just stopped. He doesn't like that theory. He said oh. that one's sad. He just pawed my arm. Okay. We He's won't okay. talk about more we won't sad talk about Max stories. Anymore. Okay. Um, if horror, you know, is more of your brand. Yep. Which it is here. Mm-hmm. Then there's a new Grinch movie for you called The Mean One. It's out right now. Yeah. And you had the song, You're a Mean One. Mm-hmm. So The Mean One is about a hair. Is He's a hairy, green-skinned grump in a Santa suit living on a mountain high above the town of Newville and hates the holiday season. Young Cindy, you know who, mm-hmm. whose parents were butchered by the mean one 20 Christmases earlier, is returning to town to seek closure, mm. but is about to discover that his fiend with a heart two sizes too small is still quite eager to carve the roast beast. Oh, 
So it's the Grinch is a, the mean one is a serial killer. Right. Yep. And he's not stealing Christmas presents. He's snatching bodies. Yep. Probably eating them. Yep. Mm-hmm. And cooking them up, cooking them up just like a roast beast. Yep. Um, so there you have it. Yeah. We need to watch that. If you're, if you're not into like all the other Christmas movies that you could watch, um, mm-hmm. somebody please watch the, uh, the main one and let us know what you think. Yeah. All right. So some fun facts about the Grinch. Dr. Seuss's Grinch character is just that famous and popular colloquial and also in the worlds of professional colorism and paint creation. The Christmas haters unique body color of sickly pale yellowish greenish is actually known as Grinch green. Mm. They, so, they copyrighted that. Right. Um, it's actually one element of the very like well-recognized character that Dr. Seuss didn't himself personally conceive. Um, the original How the Grinch Stole Christmas storybook from 1957 was printed primarily in black and white with some Christmas-appropriate, like, red spots throughout, like, the illustrations yeah, like in the book. Yeah, like his hat. Mm-hmm. But the Grinch himself was black and white, not green at all. So, mm-hmm. um, Grinch green. That would be a great nail color name. Mm-hmm. Um, the Grinch got this definitive green when someone named Chuck Jones adapted the Dr. Seuss book into the 1966 holiday TV special. And television had switched to color by that point. And according to biography.com, Jones injected some of the vibrancy into the material in this form of the different shades and hues that were p- depicted of the Grinch and Whoville. So he's the one who made Grinch green. And that particular shade of green inspired by a running joke in his real life. Um, every time he rented a car in the years preceding production on this on the special, Jones found that the agency would give him a vehicle in that sickly pale yellowish green color. Yeah. And you associate kind of that kind of color with being sick. Yeah. Like people turn green before yeah. they vomit. They don't, they don't really. They kind of turn white. But mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Grinch also was supposedly inspired by Dr. Seuss himself, mm-hmm. as a lot of characters in in stories do are inspired by the author. Geisel stated, quote, I was brushing my teeth on the morning of the 26th of last December when I noted a very Grinchish countenance in the mirror. I, it was Seuss. Something had gone wrong with Christmas, I realized, or more likely with me. So I wrote the story about my soul my sour friend, the Grinch, to see if I could rediscover something about Christmas that obviously I'd lost. Yeah, I read that his wife was also sick, mm-hmm. so he was kind of down mm-hmm. and out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when all is said and done, if there's been any debate over whether or not his own identity was the driving force behind the Grinch's ways, Geisel, Geisel later removed doubt by cruising around his California neighborhood with vanity license plates that spelled out the word Grinch. Perfect. I love it. Mm-hmm. If in it, and then if he takes a cue from the like movie director guy, he should get like a, hopefully it was a, a yeah, green a car. Green car yeah. yeah, with the car mm-hmm. tag that said Grinch. Um, he also included a much more subtle little Easter egg within the story itself. In the book, the Grinch laments, "Why for fifty three years I've put up with it now." So the Grinch was fifty three in the movie. I didn't yeah. even know that. Yeah. And then when the book was published, Geisel also was 53 so yeah not so coincidental little fun facts little fun facts for you um there's also fun facts about the jim carrey mo- version of the movie um which i could probably like quote the whole thing mm-hmm. 
Uh, Jack Nicholson and Eddie Murphy also auditioned for the role of the Grinch before it went to Jim Carrey. I feel like Jack Nicholson is just too scary. Right. And, and then I, Eddie Murphy would just be too funny. He's too funny. I agree. But Jim Carrey is like a mixture. A good he's mixture just like of both. He's he's the weirdest. Mm-hmm. Like you have to be weird. I yeah. agree with you. Jack Nicholson too scary. Mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy too funny. Um, the first round of makeup for the Grinch took eight and a half hours. That's as long. That's a whole day at work. That's for a li- me. That's a. I mean, and then imagine after that you have to film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, after that, the, they averaged like three or three hours each day. So it's a little better, but still, it's still a long time. But they they got better. They got a little mm-hmm. more efficient. Jim Carrey had to have it done over a hundred times over the course of filming, and he described the costume and prosthetics as quote literally like being buried alive every day. I hope he's still getting all of the royals from that and yeah. it's just filthy rich. Yeah. He was trained on how to cope with it by a man who teaches CIA operatives how to endure torture. Mm. Was it worth it? <laughs> it is one of the most well-known. It is literally one of the behind, like most famous yeah. Christmas stories. Behind Elf, that's my number two. Yeah. Um, then throw this in, in there for you, uh, Lacey. Nightmare Before Christmas. Tim Burton almost directed the movie. It would have gone a much it definitely deeper would have. direction. Yep. Um, but he had a conflict because he was filming the 1999 Sleepy Hollow. Johnny Depp. Um, which, has, yep, which has Johnny up in mm-hmm. it. And so the role went to Ron Howard instead. Which, yeah. hold on, isn't Ron Howard Opie from? Mm-hmm. Yeah. From uh, Mayberry. Andy Griffin, yeah, from Andy Griffin. Yeah. And um, isn't, um, what's her face from Jurassic Park, his daughter? Dallas Howard. That. Is that her name? I don't know. I didn't know that. Yeah, the redhead. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen Jurassic Park. Moving we'll do on. A, sorry. Moving on. Sorry. Um, Jim Carrey's Grinch suit is covered in yak hair, which yeah. was then dyed green because obviously there's not a mm-hmm. yellowish green mm-hmm. yak, and then sewn onto a spandex suit, which is what made him look hairy. So I imagine that's hot on top of just all that face. Oh, paint. yeah. A whole bodysuit of spandex and yak hair. On top of yellow contacts, which I had never had to wear contacts by. Oh, I would, I would absolutely like fall apart if we, um, if I had to wear contacts. Yeah. So it makes. I read where that that line where he's like, I can't quote it exactly. Where he's like, six thirty dinner dinner with myself. Can't cancel that again. Can't cancel that again. Seven o'clock wrestle with myself. Loathing. (laughs) I'm booked. He goes through like his. He improvised the that line. I love it. Yeah, I love it. Um, I've got one more fun fact for you. So a little shout out to um, my girl, Anna Reed, who was very excited when I told her we were going to do the Grinch. Mm-hmm. And she looked up some Grinch facts for us as well. Hit us with some facts. So she uh, found that he um, struggled with the ending of the story because oh, yeah, he that. wasn't like 100% sure how he wanted to wrap it up because um, basically he like felt like he was sounding too like biblical and pre- mm-hmm. preachy in the end. Um, so she found this quote, I got hung up getting the Grinch out of the mess. I got into a situation where I sounded like a second-rate preacher or some biblical truism. So finally, in desperation, without making any statement, whatever, I showed the Grinch and the Who's together at the table and made a pun of the Grinch carving the, quote, roast beast. I had gone through thousands of religious choices, and then after three months, it came out like that. Yeah. So he didn't want to end it with like this big, yeah, obvious biblical story. No, and I think that I like the co- the whole symbolism that you can, mm-hmm. you know, you can leave it kind of a little open to a little bit of an of yeah, interpretation. Yeah, anybody can, can take it any way they want. Right. So I wonder if Grinches, the race of Grinches, 
this just came to me are like seahorses because mm. the Grinch looks very pregnant. He's got a big old belly. <laughs> Plot twist. Mm-hmm. The Grinch is like a seahorse and he's pregnant. And, and he's also like a python, Bird, Burmese python. Right. Do those, do the, do the males carry? I don't think so. I think seahorses are the only ones that do that. Okay. But do they really? Do you ever I think about how we just trust whatever scientists say? But I've never seen that. I've but now, before, I've never seen an actual dinosaur fossil. I don't think so. They could well, just, you know. Have we done an episode on dinosaurs yet? Nope. We, sh- we probably should. That's one of my ones that when I'm reading our list, because we have a really long running list, and I read, it just says dinosaurs. I just laugh every Don't time. we also have, like, brides on there? Yeah. Like, we've got some random mm-hmm. ones. Yeah. But we try to bring you some, some qual- quality surprises every mm-hmm. now and then. We also try to bring you some good snacks. That's true. So. We're not having roast beef today. Oh, that would have been a good one, except I don't eat beef or pork. That would have that would have been the most epic um, uh, snack break ever. Mm-hmm. Then mm-hmm. for you to try, it would have been, but that's not it. That's well, not we do we got done. something else. It's Christmas. It is Christmassy thing. So we'll see you in a set. All right. Like, please tell me that I was just recording that whole time. Welcome back. It's time for a snack. This you is got um, roast beef in the bag over there. I wish. So I started off. I got us five different types of cotton candy that were Christmas flavors, and then I was like, I, that makes me want to throw up just Mm-mm. looking at it. So now I got Great Value has. Do you like the way I'm holding the microphone between? I do. My knees because I need my hands. Yes. Uh, mm, they have Christmas themed ice cream bars oh and this one is uh gingerbread man ice cream sandwich Ooh, so the the cake part is gingerbread yeah so i'm gonna and the ice cream is just what just right like vanilla yeah i think so the the gingerbread part is giving me dog treat okay yeah i can see that a little bit but that that to be fair i give my dog snacks that are in the shape of gingerbread man okay so you give your dogs treats that look like human food yeah. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Mm-hmm. Very strong on the ginger. Mm-hmm. 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 It's pretty good. Yeah, that's gingerbread. Oh, mm-hmm. just look. Mm-hmm. The, the um, ice cream is very creamy, like a cream filling. Yeah, it's not yeah. very ice creamy. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. It's more like a cold. It's like frozen cream filling. Mm-hmm. It's kind of what it tastes like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. Pretty Christmassy. Oh, Lacey's putting some back in the bag. Did you ever eat the rest of those? Uh, those apple. Mm-hmm. You did. Mm-hmm. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Theodore's like, please. He's like, Hannah, why are you eating my dog treats? <laughs> yes. <laughs> gazing into my eyes right now they're healthy they're like peanut butter just peanut butter and a couple other ingredients. these are the ones you give to him the ones i give to him oh this is a good little holiday holiday treat yeah they also have um much better like, than the cotton candy yeah they also have like the um you know like you go to dairy queen you get a vanilla dip cone mm-hmm. and the chocolate tart on the outside they mm-hmm. have those but they're in the shape of christmas trees That's i like cute. those better really mm-hmm. um i couldn't find any christmas cakes hmm. they're all the rage this year, Maybe like they're, they're all sold they're out. They're a trend, but those have been a trend in my heart since the early nineties. So, there you go. thank you for bringing us these instead of the um, 
cotton candy because the mm-hmm. last time we reviewed cotton candy on here which was our very first episode i thought about that when i saw it we um it tasted like body spray so it did that was and the this... review that was the review we gave so i was not mm-hmm. looking not wanting to eat um christmas themed body sprays i think the flavors were hot cocoa candy Mm-mm. cane something that was christmasy and then the word cherry which i hate cherry flavored Mm-mm. things uh and gingerbread was one of them and snow was one of them the only one sounds interesting of all that is snow i don't want i don't want cotton candy flavored of any of those other things not hot chocolate maybe i don't think so okay well you know get i know what to get you for christmas stocking stuff all right now we're gonna go to talk about a christmas murder A little coffee. Little I said, what are you coffee? sipping on? A little coffee. I can't drink coffee this late. Have you Christmas tried coffee? Starbucks sugar cookie latte? I have. Incredible. It, yeah, it tastes just like a sugar cookie. Mm-hmm. I can mm-hmm. only have like one a season because it also yeah. it's very sweet. makes my heart go bananas. Yep. But anyway, today I uh, we're not talking about a Grinch murder. There's no serial killer named the Grinch. Thankfully, and nobody get any ideas. No. Nope. Please do not. We don't want anybody putting on a spandex yak costume. Nope. And carving up people like a roast piece. Yeah. They like go to Christmas. Oh, let me not not give them any more ideas. I know. I was just about to say, like, there's a whole movie coming out about that. This sounds like too too Mm -hmm. creatively weird that somebody, I'm honestly surprised it doesn't already exist. Okay. Well, instead, (laughs) we've been doing this podcast for too long. Mm -hmm. I have lots of ideas. We're all like, this is how it would all play out. Yeah. The there is a, a family massacre on Christmas. Of course, that I is. thought we would talk about instead. Also, is Chase playing a tuba in there? No, I think that's Theodore uh, snoring. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> again, the tuba was one of the who gifts. Yeah, remember a tuba that mm-hmm. has to have six people mm-hmm. to play it. I don't no, know why, snoring. but um, Theodore has been in this room for the last like three podcasts, and we should probably kick him out. But here, he, here we are. It is funny because like my students know his name. Like some of my students who listen to him, they're like, I just want to meet Theodore. That I literally, if I was a person, type person that cried, would have a tear in my eye right now. Yeah. You can absolutely meet Theodore. Yeah. I'm telling you, Anna Reed, the girl who did mm-hmm. some research for us earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She like, was like asking me questions about Theodore and like yeah. what kind of dog he is. So. Fun fact, I don't call him Theodore. I call him Fifi Dog. Right. Also, this is a tangent. I'm sorry. Earlier on TikTok, there was this lady that her name, her dog's name was Theodore, and she called him Fifi. I was about to say, where does Fifi come from? Because Theodore, Fifi, mm. and then it just, his tail slagging, <laughs> and then it changed to Fifi, mm-hmm. and now big stretch. Okay. Now, not We're going to change the subject from talking about cute little Theodore to a... um. A murdering psychopath. 180 degree turn right there. Have you ever heard of the Lawson family murders on Christmas Day? I have not. That's what we're doing today, so buckle in. Several weeks before Christmas in 1929 in Germantown, North Carolina, Charles, a.k.a. Charlie Lawson, who was 43, took his wife Fanny, 37, and their seven children into a nearby town where he bought them all brand new clothes. He then instructed his family to remain in their new clothing because they were going to take a trip to the local photography studio where he had them sit for a family portrait. He told them at the time that this was for a Christmas surprise. Mm-hmm. Do you see that picture mm-hmm. down there mm-hmm. of the family? Yeah. What are your first thoughts? 
Well, I'm not. I mean, it's kind of creepy mm-hmm. um, in terms. I mean, it's old, so you could chalk it up to just being old. Yeah. But it is kind of scary. Like it they're, is. They do look a little like they don't all look super happy. No. Okay. Um, we'll, we'll stick with it. The wife holding the baby. That's the that's Fanny. Okay. She especially looks like. Me, yeah, she they looks were very upset. She was not happy about this. And then that's his daughter Marie to the left. Yeah, she looks like much mm-hmm. o- much older than all the other kids. And then the that's Arthur on the far left, his son, and he looks like he's just trying to pinch one off. To be honest, I like, and his eyes are all like zombie. Yeah. So we'll post that picture to Instagram. You take a look. But um, once you find out the story behind this, the picture becomes even darker. So anyway. Normally, this type of thing wouldn't have been seen as strange, buying new clothes, going to take a picture. But it it was because this family, they were a working class farming family, and they did not have a lot of money. So this situation definitely raised a few eyebrows among the locals. Maybe that's why the wife is upset, because she's like, we don't have money for this. Mm -hmm. That could be it until you learn later that there Mm. may be something even worse. Mm. If you just hold on tight, yep. it gets worse. It's, it's worse than just the money. Mm-hmm. So he had met and married Fanny in 1911. And after that, they'd saved up enough money by farming tobacco. And they bought a rundown 200-year-old farmhouse in 1927. And they bought this close to his brother. So this marriage, they, they didn't waste any time getting down to business. Uh, they took it literally to be fruitful and multiply because they had eight children I was about to say, there were, I noticed there were a lot of kids in that yeah. photo. Well, back then, you know, you didn't know how many of them were going to die. You might right. as, count like 50% of them weren't going to die. So. And you wanted more hands to help out, especially mm-hmm. if you were working on a farm. You wanted more hands to help out with labor. Yeah, true. True that. So there was Arthur Marie. That sounded like his name was Arthur no. Marie. Arthur, comma. Arthur, comma, Marie, comma, Carrie. Then you had Maybell. James, Raymond, and then Mary Lou. And the, they did have eight children. There was a William, but he died at six uh, from pneumonia. So there you go. Like we said, it was... They weren't all going to live. Yeah. yeah. In the evenings, Charlie, Fanny, and... Uh, so Charlie and Fanny, and then Arthur, 16, and Marie, who were 17, they would all work together renovating the farmhouse. And one day, shortly before this story took place, while removing rotten timbers... Charlie accidentally hit himself in the forehead with an axe. I'm imagining it was the blunt end of the axe. Cause, hope, yeah. yes. And after this accident, neighbors and family members say that they noticed a change in his personality. Because we all know head injuries, mm-hmm. that your frontal lobe is in charge of your personality. So it'll do that to you. Christmas Day comes around, 1929. And Marie, the oldest daughter, awoke to make one of her famous cakes. And this recipe... I read that it included butter, sugar, egg whites, a cup of raisins, and flour. I think if she added a little cinnamon there, she would have been really on to something. Like back in the day, a little cinnamon, I think that really would have gone like some cinnamon raisin bread. Mm-hmm. Could have been a thing. So then she set out her signature dessert to cool off um, because she was planning to ice it. And then she decorated the rest of the house and they were getting ready for this holiday feast. And while the cake was cooling, Charlie... Arthur and Charlie's two beagles, and did I wait? Charlie, okay, you have Charlie the dad, Arthur the son, <laughs> and Charlie's two beagles. Okay, uh, they set out on a hunting expedition because apparently at that time rabbit hunting for them was a Christmas Day tradition. Because nothing says Christmas like 
slaughtering a bunch of little innocent bunnies. There you go. A bunch of little innocent thumpers. Okay, but also maybe if they were poorer, maybe that's what they had to do to like, maybe they had rabbit as their meal for Christmas. Maybe. Maybe. But they also had Fanny's cake. Uh, just, just a cake? I mean, it wasn't Fanny's cake. It was Marie's cake. There's a lot of kids here. There was fruit in it. There was raisin. <laughs> All you got is a cake. Yep. So, however, when they were hunting, they ran out of ammunition, or so that's what Charlie, the father, said. So he sent Arthur into Germantown to buy more ammunition. So Arthur sets off. But back at the Lawrence farm, Marie was finishing up in the kitchen. Her two younger sisters, Carrie, 12, and Maybelle, 6, decided that they would visit their aunt and uncle who lived nearby. So what neither Marie nor her mother could know was that Charlie, the father, was waiting for the two little girls out by the tobacco barn with a shotgun. Mm. And as they rounded the corner, he shot his daughters, and to make sure they were dead, he then bludgeoned them with a hoe handle. A 12-year-old and a 6-year-old. It gets worse. Mm -hmm. So from there, he returned home, and he shot his wife, Fanny, who was sitting on the porch peeling potatoes. See? They had potatoes. That potatoes that shouldn't cake. have been my thought there. Yep. It should have been poor Fanny, but I'm yep. just saying they did, they did have other sustenance. Um, and this killed her instantly. He then entered the house, and at this point he was greeted by Marie, who was hysterical, because I'm sure she heard multiple gunshots. Mm-hmm. And he wasted no time in shooting her dead before he then searched the house and found James, four, and Raymond, two, who had gone to try and hide. So he killed both of the boys, and then he turned his attention to Mary Lou, which I didn't even realize until now. That has goes back to our Grinch story. I, I thought that earlier. Cindy when Lou Who. Mm-hmm. Cindy Lou Who, Mary Lou. She was only four months old. And he, for some reason, he chose not to shoot her, but he sadly beat her to death. Yikes. Which is more, takes more like death where people are Crime beaten. of passion, yeah. passion thing, yeah. So then Char- Charlie carefully positioned the bodies of his family. He kind of put them all in a row, put pillows under their heads, and crossed their arms before retreating to the nearby woods that surrounded the home. And when 16-year-old Arthur returned home from his father's errand, remember he had sent him out to get ammunition, he stumbled upon what was obviously a very horrific scene. Mm-hmm. So Arthur apparently... sounded the alarm i'm guessing he was very loud probably calling for help when he found his family and charlie could hear this from the woods where he paced around a tree and they know that he was pacing around this tree because he there was snow on the ground and there were footprints just going in circles and circles and circles around this tree Hmm. so the police and neighbors in, in the meantime gathered at the house and the growing crowd then heard a distant gunshot And this was Charlie Lawson ending his own life um, with a gunshot to the head. So the echoes of the gunfire had barely faded before, this is so sad, his two beagles, Howls, alerted the police to where his body was. And they found him at the base of the tree, and they, I found different sources for this. Some say he had letters to his parents in his pockets. Others say that there were just two half-written notes. One said, troubles can cause dot, dot, dot. And the other said, no one to blame but I, dot, dot, dot. So, hmm. he, uh, he, he's not, he couldn't, I guess, he's not you, Hannah. He couldn't think fast on his feet with his words. So, he just, you got two unfinished notes. Interesting. Who done it, if you will. The bodies, all of the, let's see, that was 
So they had seven children and then Fanny, so eight bodies, were removed and eventually embalmed at Yelton's on Murphy Street in Madison because the the eight bodies was a lot and that would have overwhelmed the local Walnut Co. funeral home. So the funeral funeral was at a small cemetery not far from the crime scene and it attracted thousands. I think I read 5,000 people um, came to the largest event in the county until very recent times. So this was huge. Kind of like the UFO in Fife mm-hmm. we talked about last week. And how people, people coming from neighboring yeah. towns. You didn't have anything to do back then. Yeah. Hunt um, rabbits, so I imagine make a, gruesome, cakes. a gruesome family murder would mm-hmm. attract attention. And this is probably before, I mean, this is before, like, you can't see it on the news. Right. You can't yeah. see it all play out on TV. So if you want, if you are interested and want to see anything, you have mm-hmm. to go find it in person. Right. So news of the murders brought in curious people from all over, and soon souvenir hunters began picking the bloody house clean. And this prompted Charlie's brother, Marion Lawson, you would think if you wanted to finish that sentence, if you were a normal thinking person, you might say to close off the house and Mm -hmm. keep people at bay. But no, old Marion Lawson just roped off the property and began charging admission. Something that. that in these times might seem incredibly insensitive, but... He charged 25 cents a head. I don't know what that equal to back then, but... I'm sure it was a lot. Yeah. And neighbors reported that there were... On some days, there would be at least 100 cars in the yard. The tour even had the cake that Marie had baked on that Christmas afternoon on display. And people would begin picking the raisins off the cake to take home as souvenirs. So they had to put a piece of glass over the cake. And that's where it remained for numbers of years. Eventually, the house was demolished, but one of the family members took the cake and buried it. Uh, Yeah. That's weird. Mm -hmm. And morbid. Mm -hmm. Somebody Mm -hmm. out there still has one of those freaking raisins. Probably. And it's even more shriveled than it was then. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's probably like still very well preserved. Yeah. Some really weird weirdo probably made the cake, put that raisin in it with some other raisins than ate it. Yeah. Ew. I just got so grossed out. I kicked the microphone stand. Knocked over the microphone stand. Mm -mm. So nobody knows why Charles Charlie Lawson snapped on Christmas morning and performed such an unspeakable act. But as you can imagine, there's plenty of speculation surrounding just what drove him to slaughter all but one member of his family. Right. I think that was my like gut reaction mm-hmm. of, okay, why do you s- yeah. send the one off? Yeah. So there's theories about why he did it, and then there's theories about why he didn't. Arthur didn't die. The thing yeah. about Arthur was probably back then it was really big for men to carry on the family name. Mm-hmm. He was the oldest boy, mm. so that's what the main theory suggests there. Which is another, a little narcissistic. Yeah. You know, keep the another one is going. that Arthur was bigger than even Charlie, and if he had been there and he was a good shot himself, he could have stopped Charlie. Mm-hmm. So That also makes sense. So for a long time, Charlie's surviving relatives and friends pointed to the fact that Charlie had suffered some form of head trauma a few months before the incident, and they were convinced that there this was the source of his madness that drove him to commit a family the axe, mass murder. The axe yeah. thing. In fact, insanity was seen as the sole reason for his actions and was even reported as fact in the Twin City. How do you say that word? Sentinel? Sentinel. The day after. So, quote, believed to have become suddenly insane, Charles Lawson, 42, who lived near Germanton in Stokes County, Christmas Day, killed his wife, Fanny, 38, and six of his seven children and then committed suicide. So they, they reported insanity. Yeah. Charlie Lawson had, in fact, been acting very erratically in the months leading up to the incident and had complained to the family doctor 
on more than one occasion of terrible headaches and insomnia. Well, join the club, freaking Charlie, but the rest of us don't go and kill their whole family. <laughs> I was about to say, like, headaches and insomnia, yeah, in and of themselves, probably mm-hmm. doesn't constitute Insomnia, a I would reason. think more so, because, like, lack of sleep, you can do crazy things, but not crazy right. things, like, kill your entire right. family. Right, So, they, at some point, extracted, if you want to say, his brain, mm-hmm. Charlie's brain, John Hopkins Hospital, and they saw no abnormalities. So this theory was kind of debunked. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting that they would have gone to the effort to like, yeah. exhume his body well, this and is look at huge. his brain. This is like a huge in the like uh, crime scene. Crime. Yeah, the, like the scientific mm-hmm. world. world. Yeah. There's also, however, another theory that emerged many years after the fact that might explain why the insanity idea was pushed so hard by those left behind because the actual truth was too much to bear. And that was a truth that wouldn't come to light until 1990 when a new book about the Lawson family massacre was released. And it was called White Christmas, Bloody Christmas. Mm, and it what, was, a, what a title. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's harsh. That's something. And it was written by M. Bruce Jones and Trudy J. Smith. And the authors claimed to have proof that what had driven him to perform such an unthinkable act was that he, Charlie, had raped Marie, his daughter, and gotten her pregnant. So there's some incest here. Interesting, but why wouldn't he just kill her and not the whole? F- I, don't I don't know because it drove him crazy. I don't know. I don't want to think about that too yeah. much. Adding even further fuel to this fire, just before that book went to publish, they were contacted by Charlie's niece, Stella Lawson, who claimed that at the funeral she overheard members of the family discussing how Fanny had her suspicions that there was something unsavory if you want to say going on between the two and maybe that's why she looks so pissed because the Mm -hmm. mom fanny looks super Mm -hmm. like she's not having it in the photo or maybe she's just tired from having seven or eight kids kids. Yeah. yeah trudy j smith went even further on to elaborate in a different book called the meaning of our tears where she recounted that marie lawson's closest friend whose name was ella may johnson told the story that during a sleepover Marie had come clean and confessed that she was pregnant with Charlie's child. And then later, Sam Hill, a neighbor of the Lawsons, claimed that Charlie had told Marie if she told anyone, quote, there would be some killing done. Yikes. To make this story even worse, Arthur, the lone survivor, lost the farm despite his uncle's efforts to raise money for him, which I see that losing the farm would be kind of sad, but losing that house, it's like, who would... Why would you want to live somewhere where every single person in your family family got murdered? Yeah. Yeah. He unfortunately took to alcoholism and died in a car accident at the age of 32, leaving behind a wife and four children. And he was buried alongside the rest of his family. What sucks is Charlie was buried with his family. Like they were all buried in a line and his tombstone said father. Like who came up with that? So back then... Around this time, they had things known as murder ballads. So, like, bluegrass groups, would their main topic of choice was murders. <laughs> Imagine there just being a, a, a song, like a hit song about John Benet Ramsey or right, Lacey Peterson. Right, that would right. not fly today. I'm just thinking, like, your Spotify rap comes mm-hmm. out, and it's like, your top genre mm-hmm. is murder, murder ballads. ballads. Yeah. Which these songs, some of these songs are on there, so that could happen. And if you were one of those people, maybe <laughs> this your is brain your top, needs this to is be your pl- top played song yeah. of 1930. So Walter 
the kid smith of virginia wrote murder of the lawson family and straight re- to the point yep <laughs> and recorded the song in 1930 with the carolina buddies for columbia and i have the lyrics here Would you are you gonna sh- are you gonna sing sing me this or just nope okay just read them. okay it was on last christmas evening the snow was on the ground at his home in north carolina where the murderer he was found his name was Charlie Lawson, and he had a loving wife, but they never knew what caused him to take his family's life. They said he killed his wife at first. That's not what they said. And the little ones did cry. Please, Papa, won't you spare our lives, for it's so hard to die. Ooh. But the ra- raging man could not be stopped. He would not heed their call and kept on firing fatal shots until he killed them all. And when the sad, sad news was heard, it was a great surprise. He killed six children and his wife, and then he tore their eyes. They took a little creative yeah, liberty right there. Happened. Okay. Yeah. And now farewell, kind friends and home. I'll see you all no more. Into my breast, I'll fire one shot. Then my troubles will be over. Over. <laughs> they did not carry him to jail. No lawyers did he pay. He will have his trial in another land on the final judgment day. <laughs> They all were buried in a crowded grave while the angels watched above. Come home, come home, my little ones, to the land of peace and love. What is going on in in old Walter Kid Smith's mind? I don't know. But the part where he's saying, like, the I'm kids are imagine- screaming, Papa, please don't spare me our lives, for it's so hard to die. You don't know what they were saying. Yeah. And I'm just imagining this put to, like, a bluegrass, like, dum dum it was on Christmas evening. The snow was on the ground. Yeah, his home I, in North Carolina, where the murderer was found. Yeah, I can I can only imagine. I'm definitely gonna go look it up. Yeah, after this, I don't think I'm going to. I'm just I just gotta hear one stanza. One, just one. one stanza. I just gotta hear one stanza. Uh, I wow. digress. So that murder that's ballads. The, yeah, and the, so it's a real mystery to this day. What actually happened? Whatever yeah. really actually happens that causes. <gasps> family annihilators to snap it could be a whole number of things he could have been having an affair was that ever looked at did they could they not when those rumors of like marie came up could they not have like done tests on her body it was like the 1920s i don't really know how they figured they were pregnant back then besides just like i don't know i'm just if they dug up his body and looked at his brain could they have looked at her just let her rest yeah just said you did yikes. a good, let one of your last things be baking that cake, not us cutting yeah. open your stomach. Yikes. Because if, she, on the other hand, if she wasn't actually pregnant, that's yeah. us. Because they all got annihilated for no reason. Yeah. On that note, Merry, Merry Christmas. Merry White Christmas. Yeah, Merry White Christmas, white Bloody Christmas, Christmas. Bloody Christmas. We yeah. hope everyone's Christmas is just nice and white. Theodore, would you like to wish everybody a Merry Christmas? He says no comment. No. All right. Well, uh, you can follow us on. Uh, you can follow us. Kiss us. Mm-hmm. That's what I just said. On Kerfloggin, mm-hmm. uh, the Instagram handle at Kerfloggin. It's not we that. Should, what we is should it? Make Scary Tales podcast. Toboggans and just and they just put say the Kerfloggin. That's our brand. on it. We come up with a um, <laughs> line of cozy wear, and it's called Kerfloggin. I, I like it. Mm-hmm. We're on to something. I feel like that's how they came up with the word aglet, which is the hard piece of. Thing at the end of your shoe. Did you know that? No, I didn't. At the end of your shoelace, how they it's just hard. Went, they that's just called real, an aglet. How did you learn that? Huh? That's did a fact. Did Whitney Ask tell anybody? You that? No, I knew that. Sometimes uh, I have never heard that before. Yeah, you're welcome. I should probably call Whitney and ask her if she knows that that's called an aglet. But 
well now you know yeah it's not called a kerfloggin that's our hey this copy, copyright, copyright trademark yeah. kerfloggin that's yeah. ours look for our new line of cozy wear coming to a uh what's that thing we call link tree near you there you go yeah all right yep. We'll see you in the new year. Hope you have a happy new year. Who knows That's what true. we'll talk about next? I know. We'll see Who you. Who ne- knows? Probably dinosaurs. See you next year. Uh, this is our final bye-bye of uh-huh. the year. To, to, to 2022. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.